0: to Archive Conversations with Jasmine and Nicole. Hello. We are currently on the mini-series of examining kind of men and women dynamics or how gender plays an influence on our lives. And today it's just Nicole and I on the pod. So yep. we're gonna try to talk about something that we would be uniquely qualified to answer. <laughs> we're not trying to speak for all men here. Um, and so the topic that we're gonna be discussing today is on how being a woman has influenced our thinking Mm -hmm. or our actions as they relate to work or what we want to do for our jobs. Um, Obviously, this is one of those topics where there isn't just one correct answer. It isn't like, hey, is it better to have a a female sibling or a male sibling we're really here to just exchange stories because this is something that I think Nicole and I have discussed a lot of detail about how we feel like we've maybe been treated differently and how we might vibe with certain genders differently at work but we also haven't dived in too much and how we think it's shaped our own thinking about you know, what we want to work, this is such like a critical part of our lives that we spend like eight hours a day, five days a week doing, but I'm sure it has some sort of influence. So we're going to dive right in. Uh, Before we get into like present day, I want to take a little bit of a journey with you, Nicole. (laughs) And so we're actually going to start off and I'd love to know, and a little bit of background quickly. For everybody who's listening, Nicole and I didn't know each other when we were younger. And I actually think that this podcast would be different if we did, because we might already have these assumptions about right. who we are today and maybe the way that we would answer these questions. But right. not knowing Nicole when she was a kid in like elementary, middle school, or a high school, I think it should be like pretty interesting to hear your perspective because I really know, I feel like I know who you are now and I feel like I would have some assumptions of maybe about what you would want to be. And that's basically my question for you is when you were younger, and let's kind of rule out just like kindergartner, like something, like I want you to say something you legitimately thought either in elementary or middle school, but not serious enough, maybe not high school. Right. What did you want to be when you were younger? What did you want to do with your job? What yeah. you want to do with your career?
1: Yeah, um, and I definitely want to hear the same response you as well jasmine and you're totally right this is so unique this is um totally live recording of our reactions because we know each other so well now like you mentioned but we don't we have not dug into this at all um right so discarding elementary school me but you know essentially middle school or high school I think two things one is I genuinely didn't know what I wanted to be I was one of those people that had a lot of different interests like I was um very involved in um, our high school paper and oh! <laughs> deeply involved. Whoa. And it was a paper that actually got printed, and I was an editor, so I spent a lot of time, like um, pretty much every two weeks or so, doing one very late two nights um, in the school newspaper office, editing, laying out, writing.
0: Um, this is so fun. What a fun thing to do.
1: Yeah, such great memories. I got really good at this um, program called um, InDesign by Adobe. It's like for laying out things, it's such a weird like, skill that I have from a weird time. And I know you probably do, too. I mean, you have made all those YouTube videos. I bet you got really, really good at editing. Seriously, right? But anyway, so to answer your question, I think um, my pipe dream at the time was to actually go into storytelling and, like, filmmaking. I adored... <laughs> I adored stories and specifically cinematography. It's something that I definitely notice in movies a lot um if you name like any recent movie that we both might know like I'm guessing you probably saw Parasite right the yes the new yeah like movies like that when I was in high school I would pay a lot of attention to the coloring like I loved how the idea of like mood sets up like the storytelling itself um there's other movies too like I don't know if you've seen the movie Milk it takes place in the Castro San Francisco and that movie is really known for its like nostalgic 50s-esque coloring and I guess to sum it up I really enjoyed storytelling I wanted to go into um filmmaking but um not necessarily for reasons because I was female per se but that's quite an aspirational risky type of um job I did flirt with the idea of applying to film schools but I didn't end up going through and committing to any film schools
0: yeah in, in high school right yeah Quick side note, I know very little about the film world, so I probably don't watch films the same way that you do. But when you were describing that, I just keep thinking about how um, the DC movies, like the yeah. comic, yeah, they are known for having like the worst coloring, like yeah. sheen on top. Like so Batman v Superman is just like blue the entire yeah. time. Yeah. And so I just was thinking, man, you must like really hate it when you're watching a movie and it's a really bad, like. I don't even know what you call it Just... yeah well Jasmine I'm actually gonna make a guess
1: that I think if you were to go down this career path I think you'd be very good at it I actually know lots of people that became filmmakers who for other definitions of film are great but they're not very keen on the color and so I think like I don't necessarily think you need to have a lot of like knowledge in film or anything or any industry right to have like that intuition or feel for it, but you're totally right and I completely agree with you like Batman versus Superman, or just the the Superman So movies, blue. It just felt painful to watch. It was like someone took <laughs> a film and then they they put like this like weird shadow effect where you like just right. really depressed the entire movie.
0: Yeah, and, you're depressed.
1: Yeah. yeah, And there's a way to illustrate depression without making the audience actually depressed. Like you can make a movie mm. about a sad thing, like Dallas right. Buyers Club, about HIV, right, Matthew McConaughey, but still yeah. not make it like not enjoyable to your eye. Yeah, yeah wow. <laughs>
0: side note, we're gonna have to start a whole new podcast just where we analyze movies. Um, <laughs> that's gonna come up in the future, y'all. Stay tuned. Moving on, I'll also give my response then. And I'm mainly framing this, this conversation. I didn't actually expect it to have an influence. Like I would hope that maybe yeah. when we're younger, that plays less of a role. I mean, I know in some ways people say, you know, children are kind of conditioned to believe one thing, like little girls will play with dolls and boys will play with race cars. That's but I don't true. know if I've, I've seen that as much with kind of like the jobs that they want to be. Maybe there are some stereotypical ones, but yeah. like I also hear little girls say they want to, you know, be a police officer or whatever <laughs> it is. Right. Um. So for me, I would say, when I like legitimately thought I was going to have a career plan in middle school, so it's not a very good career plan, like many other children, the only jobs I knew of beyond traditional jobs like police officers and firefighters, like jobs you would see in your everyday life, were my parents' jobs, right? My father was an actuary, and if you don't know what an actuary is, it's just an old-timey statistician, so math, and then my mother was a teacher. And it wasn't that I said to myself, oh, you know, my mom's a teacher. And obviously a lot of females are teacher yeah. and that's not what I want to be. I just was like, seems like an actuary makes more money than a teacher. So I want to be an actuary. Yeah. And so that's what I thought when I was younger um, in like elementary school, middle school, because it's like, you know, the only job that, you know, that's yeah. not one of those standard jobs. And so that's kind of what I grew up thinking. Um, yeah.
1: I guess like a question on that. No, I'm curious, and I, I know it's going to be challenging to recount what you were thinking when you're in your younger stages, elementary school or middle school, but did you ever feel like there were jobs that you just were turned off by or you couldn't take because you were a girl? That's so a good...
0: Yeah, well, okay, I don't think I've discussed this on the podcast before, but I grew up in Iowa and well, I definitely have discussed that I grew up in Iowa. But what I haven't discussed is because I grew up in Iowa, and I really don't know exactly when this formed. Right. But due to probably like my surroundings or whatever, I heard I used to think that um, women should not be president. And I don't remember ever thinking other jobs women can't do, which is kind of funny, because like, why hone in so hard on president? It's not like there was a female candidate when we were children running for president. I guess the closest thing was we had Sarah Palin running for VP, but that was a little bit later in life. And so I really, I just remember when I was younger thinking, oh, I can never be president. Because I'm so emotional, like I was a very emotional child, and I thought it'd be really bad if an emotional person led our country, and I am ashamed to admit this, I'm sure I've told you this before, but I believe that even my first year of college, Yeah.
1: yeah. and
0: if you know me, IRL today, which I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you do, because we have three listeners. Yeah you will know that's so opposite of who I am now. Yeah, um, I tested so, yeah, that 100%. That was the one. I'm really curious if we can go
1: dive deeper there just quickly. Like, was it that, what changed? Was it your belief that like emotions were actually a strong suit and strength in a leader? Or was it that like, no, women are not emotional or like they can be more logical
0: It was actually the first one. I'm sure the second, I mean, both are completely valid, right? Because you could be a less emotional woman, right? Or you could be like a super emotional man. Like there's all these different things. But I actually think that I I viewed it in the first one that emotions are such a strength and emotions give you empathy. And that allows you to connect with so many people. And I realized that like as a person, you're never gonna be able to go through all of life experiences. And so if you can't, empathize with someone then how how do we expect you to kind of like lead our country
1: yeah (laughs) that is so profound and it's something that hopefully later on in the in our pod we can touch on too because I think empathy is a good theme and differentiator oftentimes between men and women um generally speaking again
0: right right, right. and I think
1: like it's worth examining in our different respective job experiences like whether or not empathy would have been like value add or not so totally yeah that, that's such a great experience though thanks for sharing
0: yeah so that's what we wanted to be when we were younger so then I guess in a more in a sense of like when we grew up and we entered college I guess first just telling all of our listeners Nicole what did you major in in college
1: yeah um, I'll share that and then turn it back to you and also want to know why you majored in what you majored in so mm-hmm. for me um, I was actually greatly influenced by my one of my parents my father So he, um, my dad went to business school when I was, like, old enough to remember that he went to business school. And Mm -hmm. so I was, I think, like, six or seven years old when he got into a business school that moved our entire family to Philadelphia because he went to Penn. And being a seven-year-old is a unique experience while watching your dad get an MBA, right? You get to see him do all these, like, cases and, like, Mm -hmm. study for the GMATs, and I... I looked up to my dad and, and my mom as well, but more so my dad just because he's actively doing something while my mom was like at home taking care of me and my sister. And so like his uh, involvement in finance, he ended up like working at a bank, um, greatly influenced my decision to pick finance as a major. Now, if you ask mm-hmm. me to do it all over again, now that I know the world, would <sighs> I have picked it? Definitely not like no offense dad I-, I like finance but I think I realized I like some other things too right but at the time when I was 17 or 18 years old and I had like also my college I went to Penn State like our major like selection process is very nonchalant it was like you go yeah for like half a day and you just pick your classes they don't even ask you right. like think deeply about what you want to do with your life it's like nope go pick right. your classes you're done so I went and I picked mostly finance classes. I thought about, I actually thought about going to teaching, but I knew that I had a stronger interest in economics. And so that's basically how yeah. I did it.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I don't know a ton about finance, never took a finance class in yeah. college. Um, Just from your experience, like is finance a female dominant field, male? Is it yeah. both? What were your classes like made up of?
1: Yeah, so to answer that question, I would say, like, there's two parts of it. Um, how many people pick finance? I would say it's probably, like, 60-40, like, men versus women, meaning it's pretty close, maybe 55-45. Yeah. But then once you get into finance, there's, like, at least in my school, one of the, the uh, what is it, like, the, the coveted roles is, like, you either go into, like, Wall Street stuff, like investment banking or mm-hmm. asset management, hedge funds, that kind of thing. Or you go into consulting, which is slightly more creative and you don't necessarily need to be a finance major, maybe just a business major, but like that was another popular route. I think those are the two commonly chosen ones, and the Wall Street one definitely had way more men. I'm not exactly sure the distribution, but I would say like of my peer set, like I was probably one of like two women in my grade that wanted to seriously do like finance related things.
0: Did you ever think about that? Like did that affect you at all?
1: That's a great question. I think it did and it didn't. I think in some ways it gave me an edge because I was female. Yeah. And um, yeah. interviewing with these companies in some ways, like when you're against a bunch of, you know, this person of this demographic of this gender, you actually stand right. out a bit. Right. Um, that's also like um, interesting because as an Asian female, I think there's some type of commonality. Oftentimes the females that do go for finance or Asian. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because of the ambitious like way that we were sort of brought up. Um, right. But in some ways it's also isolating because once it might give you slightly like of an edge or leg up when you're interviewing, maybe not, but once you actually are in that investment club or that like high stressed right. internship, um, which I ended up doing, I en- ended up interning at, um, at Goldman Sachs for two summers, like the summer between my sophomore, junior year, junior to senior year. I think it isolates you a little bit because depending on like who your intern class is and who your surrounded by there are generally more guys um right. and there are women too for sure um I mean if anything they try to balance that right they're not trying right. to hire the same exact person um but it's isolating not not like in any ill-intented way but more just sometimes you just can't connect as easily to someone because right.
0: they're different No, persons. totally right even and to I feel type. like yeah for a purely non-professional reason to like have friends right Absolutely. and have friends in the same Absolutely. field or in your college classes like it's yeah. nothing to do with like work like you can work fine with a guy but like sometimes you want to relate to people on a different level
1: yeah yeah 100% I think it's like two-pronged on one hand is isolating but on one hand being in like a predominantly male major forces you to like just bond with those people over other things and you do too like now today I can say I can look back and I could probably pick any like finance major person that I meet now. And at least we can bond over like the stock market, right? There's lots to be said about it was quarantine and all this stuff. So (laughs) not all bad, but turning it over to you, what about you? Like, how did you pick your major? What was the process like in terms of gender balance and throughout college?
0: Yeah. So originally when I went into college, I wanted to major in econ. The only reason was because it was a kind of non like Let's say that there are fields that you everybody takes in high school that map directly to a major. Like you take math in high school and then you can choose to major in math in college. Same thing like history, physics. I just felt like I didn't love a lot of the subjects in school, but I did yeah. take IB physics my last two years of high school. Yeah. I mean, not physics. Woof. Did not enjoy physics, y'all. I did take IB physics. <laughs> not a good experience. IB econ my last two years of high school. And I really enjoyed it.
1: And for those of you who don't know in our audience, IB is sort of like the equivalent of AP, right? It's like a basically like a high level intensive course that you take your last two years of high school. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I guess like the only differentiator is like, because most of the courses are two years, you end up staying with one set group of people with one teacher. And so it provides a little bit of a different dynamic that you wouldn't get if you were an AP. And so it's like having that really... That more so one-on-one attention from my professor for econ probably made it a lot easier. It was also the only class besides AP statistics, like my only IB class that I got college credit for. Like I didn't place high enough on my other IB exams. And so I went into college getting to pass the first semester of econ because I got the high enough score. And it's so funny because I signed up to take the like level two of econ, econ two or whatever it is. And it was so hard. Let me tell you, Nicole, I dropped that class within a week. I was like, I can't do this. This isn't fun. So I dropped it. And it not only was it annoying to drop it, but then I was like, crap, that was supposed to be my major, right? So like, if I wanted to major in that, now I can't unless I'm gonna choose to take this class. And so for a while, what I actually wanted to major in was a really small major. I don't know if every school had this, but GW had a major called Organizational Sciences. Uh I could not tell you today what an Organizational (laughs) Science major does. It sounds so made up when you say it. I'm sure sure there's people.
1: Yeah, no, and I was gonna say what school does it fall under like which like branch does it fall into the the liberal arts college. Okay, yeah,
0: like everything was like in liberal arts college that I wanted to study. And so I thought I think I remember that I just read the description of like the first course in organizational sciences. And I was like, Oh, this sounds like fun. But guess what, that class only had like 20 people. And I could not for the life of me get into it. Like I tried. And it was one of those things where like, if you didn't take this your freshman year, you'd basically be behind for the rest (laughs) of your college career from like getting this major. And so I was like, okay, not doing organizational sciences. And basically, what it kind of left me with was that in high school, the only other credit, as I mentioned, wasn't IB credit, but my sophomore year, I took AP statistics and I had always been like okay at math right I'm not like the best but I definitely was more advanced and like I enjoyed it when I was younger not so much calculus when I was older and I think partially because my sister had majored in mathematics I was like I can't do math like she did math and like that's just the same thing and so I thought okay you know what I did AP statistics I got a five on the exam so obviously like I felt like it was pretty easy at the time yeah let me just like go down this route, try to take like the second level of statistics, see how that goes. Turns out it felt like a breeze. And I was like, okay, this is the easiest thing I've ever done. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, that being said, as you can imagine, AP statistics, you do have to take a little math. You don't have to take as much math. Yeah. The, the amount that you have to go up to, it's crazy because like I will remember this now, but I guarantee you, Nicole, I will forget this in five years because it seems so useless. I had to take up to linear algebra. Like you had to complete linear algebra with like a passing grade. Yeah. And yeah. I remember I tried to take those classes earlier in my college career, my freshman and sophomore year, taking, you know, calc two and then linear or whatever. I had to take, I think, three math classes in total. And my very first calc class in college, um, I remember in the room. It was a very small classroom and people were filing in and I looked around and I was the only girl in this like 30 person class. Oh my And goodness. I leaned over to the guy next to me and I was like, am I in the right class? Cause there are no women in here. <laughs> and he kind of chuckled and there ended up being like four or five women. They just came later, yeah. but that was my first time. I feel like it ever really hit me like, wow, is this like a male dominated thing? Which is funny. Cause it was just Level one calc or whatever, and I remember the following semester I took calc two, or maybe it was linear algebra, one of the higher classes. I ended up being not only in a thirty-person lecture, but I was in about an eighty or ninety-person lecture, and it, I was one of two girls. Wow! And that's when it like really what? really hit me. Like I was like, "Come on, y'all, we can't try a little harder than this." Like, where are my ladies at? And yeah. I think that's the first time it really started to hit me like am I entering am I going to enter a male-dominated field like is yeah. this going to happen yeah. later on and kind of for the same reason maybe as, as you were just mentioning I wasn't worried about like being made fun of because I was a girl or anything like that right. I was just like sad that I didn't have any like female friends in that class that I could like relate to potentially develop yeah that yeah. I could have like a stronger relationship with and so I think that was really the first time where I like started to question how it played a role into my my career
1: that's also just surprising for me to hear I mean all of this is like hearing for the first time because like I wouldn't think like statistics would be the first major that is like incredibly male dominated like I would guess like mechanical engineering or something before
0: statistics. and the thing is like I don't think statistics okay so obviously GW is a little bit of a hard sample size because my graduating class only had seven kids in statistics <sighs> but I would say whatever class everyone took like yeah. whatever reason everyone was taking calc two because yeah. that's like a whole bunch of majors for whatever reason probably because the school of engineering also had to take that's that true. class yeah that's probably why yeah yeah
1: it's a unique experience that sometimes if you don't actively reflect on, you don't even realize yourself. Like when you were telling your story, I was thinking back to some of my classes too that were like the calc equivalents where it's like, wasn't just for finance right. majors, but it just, I had to take it, right? Like, it's like, right. It's like wow, like that experience really does um, impact you. I don't know if you can relate to this, but now even when I think back to some of those econ or statistics classes that I took, because there were so few few females, like in some ways you have to like, figure out how to get along with the other males in your class. You can be their friend. You can do homework together. It's just, it's just like slightly different. You, you'd adapt, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah, and I would say that I did end up developing some like really close friends through some of my statistic yeah. classes and like through college that were like male friends. And so it didn't, in a sense, negatively affect me in college, right? It didn't yeah. negatively affect Agreed. my mindset. But I definitely think that it was a little – jarring and in a sense it prepped me for how the real world was going to turn out after college
1: (laughs) you didn't know at the time
0: yeah is that like good or bad right the fact that like college is meant to prepare you in more ways than one (laughs) not just in the skill set that you're learning but the social interactions that you're going to have and potentially the type of relationships you want to have later on
1: yeah 100 percent completely agree it all makes sense when you look back
0: yeah so kind of then transitioning post-college and whether or not you want to talk about you know you talked about having an internship and in this like male-dominated field sure. or whether it relates to kind of like later on in life but kind of knowing this background now can you think of any pivotal moments when you thought maybe being a woman being a girl yeah affected your thinking and the decisions that you made in your career
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, like, there are definitely a few pivotal moments. I think one now that I, like, really reflect on it would be, so for some context, like, so Jasmine and I are roughly the same age, but she graduated college in three years, which is really impressive, but, like, so I'm three years out of college now, and which means I've had three years of, like, professional experiences, and I think I may have on average had slightly more job changes than the traditional person three years out of college. So in college, I mentioned I interned for two summers in like investment banking. And then out of college, um, I took like, um I had an offer with a consulting company, but I took like a half year slash like eight month break because they allowed us to start a little bit later and I decided to join a startup. And so right out of college, my first technical job was I moved across the country to Los Angeles, not knowing a single person. And I worked for this like 12 person startup that was like a Kickstarter. And that was a 12 person, pretty intense startup. Everyone in the company was super competent. But when you're that competent and you're that small, you just, there's super high expectations. And everyone, except for the two like customer service, customer success, like representatives that we had were male. Mm-hmm. So I was mm. twenty two years old. I moved to LA by myself. I did I genuinely didn't know a single person in LA. And I was surrounded by all these men who were really smart. Um and I I had to follow their guidance and I was young. So it's sometimes hard to sort of disseminate how much of that was based off of me being young and how much it was based off the fact that I was female. But I can say for fact, and I'm guessing you can even, you know, predict what I'm going to say, I was not taken seriously. So definitely Mm -hmm. not in the first, like, two or three months of my job. And um, eventually I I was because I was, I tried to be competent. I tried to be really good at my job. And I think I was recognized as that. And throughout the six or seven months or eight months that I was there, I think my, like, reputation changed a lot, which is nice. I think, but it was definitive or defining for me because I think I realized by the end of it that, like, a big thing that I would have to overcome in any career aspiration that I would have would be how to make sell my image or, like, sell who I was. Um, Yeah. Especially given the hand that you're dealt. Yeah.
0: And. When you're saying sell your image, because I can imagine this like manifest differently for different people, are you talking more of an actual like physical change, like you don't wear skirts, or are you <laughs> talking more of a, you really need to prove your skill set, so like over yeah. being the go-to technical person, for example, like depending yeah. on the field you're in, yeah. like how do you, how do you show that?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question, and I'm, I want to throw it back at you after I answer, um, no, it's just the, it's the ladder. I mean, technically, like, definitely didn't wear skirts and stuff because of the ladder, right? Like, I wanted it to be taken seriously, so I didn't want any part of my image to detract from that, my physical image. So, like, I wanted them to be able to focus on my work. Um, and then I think apart from that, it's like just entering any environment with the knowledge that people are going to have a take on what you say because of your age, gender, and maybe just longevity in the company, which Mm -hmm. is understandable. Mm -hmm. Like when you enter any company, regardless of gender age, first three months, you're going to get like, but I was shot down so many times, so many times, because of like my demographic. Right. Right. Um, So to answer your, your, your high level question of like, when did you start thinking about your age and your gender and how that impacted you? I think that 22 was like the defining mm-hmm. year for me in terms of that because I think I realized like here is the card that I'm dealt like sometimes mm-hmm. you can frame it as like a positive or negative so I want to frame it as a positive and I think I can find a way a narrative right connecting it back to like the whole story aspiration like I can find a narrative to tell where it actually makes me like a value add the fact that I am female because I will say we right. talked about empathy um I'm not saying like my my fellow uh <laughs> co-workers were not empathetic, but I was definitely yeah. more empathetic. And at times in the beginning, it was hard because I had to stand up for like other people's feelings when right. in a company scenario in theory you're not supposed to care about feelings much. But I had right. to make the argument, no, you should care about feelings because it impacts whether or not this person feels like they belong on the team. And that overall impacts like how well they want to stay on the team. So therefore, mm-hmm. as that voice of empathy, I think that we right. should care about this. So I guess what I'm trying to say is. I think I try to shape it and frame it in um in a positive useful manner.
0: Um, right. Whereas yeah. you can imagine that like another mechanism for another person might be to like kind of ignore all these things that they think make them a woman or a girl yeah. to be like I don't have those. I'm just like you versus in a sense you were reframing and reshaping those into strengths.
1: Yeah. Yeah, or you try to, I guess. And I think yeah. like between our conversations I think you very much do the same. And I'm really curious because I know you've had quite an experience working at some of the startups and companies that you have right out of college. So yeah, I'd love to hear about your your story as well.
0: Yeah. So for me, I think right after college, I ended up getting an internship um, and it was an analytics internship, but I kind of hated the idea of being a code monkey, not because it was male dominated. Right but because I was like, eh, that's probably not that fun. Like I want to do right. something creative, you know, I want to do something a little different. And so that same company that I was working for at the end of my internship offered me two positions. Very, I'm very lucky. Yeah. Uh, one position yeah. that was in marketing just because I had expressed, that I was interested in marketing is something I'd never done before. And then one position as a business intelligence analyst. So it was like, you know, very, very close to being a data scientist at that company. And, it's funny, because I'd only had one job at, up till that point, like this one internship, I had kind of had odd jobs in college, where I worked at the bookstore, or um, I worked at the library, for example, but those are all just kind of like service jobs. And so this was my first office job. And I don't know why I thought about this, like, I don't know why it affected me, but the business and talent intelligence team was three men led by one man <laughs> and I had never had wow. a negative experience with guys right never yeah. I had something yeah. happen but I was like do I really want to be doing that right now like that just for some reason didn't seem all that great maybe it was because I was this new grad out of college so like I'm not just here to work right. I'm also here to to make social right. friends all that sort of stuff and then you know this this female the marketing team was led by a woman and it had both men and right. women but one thing that I remember I caught wind of which is like so random that like somebody would have brought this up to me because I wasn't expressing any concern about it right but somebody told me that the manager on the the business intelligence analyst team, was like a little bit sexist or something, and I was like, okay, that <laughs> seals the deal. I don't want to do that; just not fun. Don't want to be on a team with that. Don't want to be on a team with like just right. boys. So I right. want to move over and I want to do the marketing position. Right, gotcha.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you kind of knew what you needed to do in that scenario too, though. Like it's like I I could see how when you're that young in your career, like when people give you like advice or something, you you do teeter and you're like, do I take it or not? But it sounds like you went with them, following that route.
0: Yeah. yeah So after I ended up taking that first position on the marketing team with the female manager, it kind of became a trend for me when possible to see the value in having a female manager. Right. I think somebody once told me, and it's funny because I never out- went wounded up like searching out the statistic that like yeah. it's known that female managers hire more diverse teams, not just from like a gender, angle but also from like different nationalities or whatever it may be and so you end up working on teams where people don't exactly look the same right where people are all from different backgrounds yeah I don't know like too much research into this but I will say anecdotally I remember like times throughout my job like at various companies like I once worked with this Asian um, PM and I noticed that every single person he hired on this team was a male Asian PM. <laughs> and I was like, this is wild. I yeah. can't believe this. Uh, and so anecdotally, I've definitely felt that. Um, that being said, it's not like I've always had yeah. female managers. I have had male managers since then. Yeah. But I, I did think it was this really nice experience to kind of have this like team that was run at the very top by a woman yeah. to kind of just dispel a lot of those original notions that I had about what women could be and how much they could achieve.
1: Yeah, and I'm really curious, Jasmine, too, because it sounds like you've had more female uh, managers than I have, like, your experience comparing against all of them, because, like, I've had only one female manager, so it's really hard for me to compare her against all my previous managers, just because, like, it's hard to tell what what is the con- what variable we're controlling for, right? But since you've had multiple, like, What was your experience? Like what parts of them do you think were like symptomatic because they were specifically female and what parts were because they were just human and they
0: shared that? So I would say that actually the biggest difference wasn't the way that they might've treated me, but kind of going back to this original podcast was the way that I treated them. And it feels kind of crazy to say, but I definitely just felt, way more comfortable opening up when I had female managers. Yeah. Because I I knew that in a sense, like certain things would be taken the way that I wanted them to be taken. To give you an example, I like always use this as an example like from my early career and who's to say what this manager actually meant. Um yeah. but my my first manager, so even though the marketing team was like led by a woman, my direct manager was a man. And At this first job, I remember the very first piece of critical feedback I ever received from my manager during a one-on-one is he said I was too sassy. And he said other stuff. Okay, I'll say he did say other stuff. But the main thing he said was that I was like defensive and very sassy about my work. And I can... I can hear it from his viewpoint of like, maybe there's something that he didn't like the way I responded to. Yeah. But I do think it was incredibly insensitive to call me sassy. Um, I think it has a huge connotation that's more about my personal trait. And I'm gonna be real, since that experience, I've never had any manager kind of treat me in that way. And it definitely felt like, whoa, are we speaking like different languages? Like, do you not understand how if, you know, you called me sassy that would come off as wrong and yeah. an attack on my personality and not a a real yeah. critique about my work um and so again who's to say if that was because it was a man versus just this very yeah. specific guy but that has definitely like felt that way and i've never i've never harbored that fear with the female managers that yeah. i've had that they yeah. would kind of treat me in that way i kind of like have the respect that they wouldn't point out those things that I, I feel like don't have anything to do with my work and are more so reflections on just like the way that I act in the office.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really interesting anecdote you share. I don't necessarily have a direct personal anecdote, but I know for fact from other female friends that they've been in situations where their male manager communicated some type of constructive, you know, quote unquote, feedback to them in a way that was not quite constructive. It was more tied to maybe their gender or the manager's own like um
0: stereotyping or something right like unconscious bias yeah in a sense I almost view it as like beyond just sassy itself it's like I would never expect a a manager in general to be commenting on just my personality right exactly because I think that I've worked with people where I'm clearly like oh you don't talk the way that I talk you have a different style of communication but at the same time feels like a thing that I really shouldn't comment on like that just feels like maybe if we were friends we might talk about it but it it just feels like a thing that in a sense maybe I'm a little tainted because of that there's a little bit of fear associated with it's like maybe just you as a man you don't understand yes yes right like you just don't get that this is the way that I am Yeah, And I think that's the fear associated with it.
1: And that's crazy, too, because when you examine women and men in in these gender dynamics, I do think, on average, women are more, like, um, accommodating towards both genders versus, like, men are maybe just more aware of their own genders and, like, the nuance of that. Like, if the situation that happened to you were flipped, I could never see, like, a female manager telling her, you know, male, like, um... What it like, person that she's managing, like, you are being too. What's like a derogatory term that we associate with boys often? You're being, well, even
0: I was gonna say, cocky. Cocky? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The same thing. Yeah. You're being too cocky. I, I think there I, would be a different... You would talk about the tactical things wrong with them, right? Like, oh, you speak over people in meetings, right? Yeah. Which is different than just kind of, like, assuming their intent or stereotyping them to, like, a specific character. Almost in a sense, when he said that, it was kind of like the stereotypical, yeah. oh, you're calling me bossy, you know? Yeah. Like, how right. that has right. built up such a connotation over time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's
1: really ugh, that's really frustrating and unfortunate, but you're right. I mean, so much of the experience, too, is... is Impacted by the the manager that we have, and
0: yeah, how and, sensitive you know, they are. Yeah, I was just saying that at one of my companies where I did have a female manager, I felt like she hired more diverse teams, even though, you know, we were a small team. And now working at Instagram, I work in an org where our director level for analytics is a female. And let me tell you, I mean, we talk about this all the time. I feel like we're just like killing it in the woman game, right, where like tech is usually underrepresenting like women. But I think when it starts at the top there, when you have that person in like leadership, I feel like she's able to hire such a diverse team under her. Like the her reportee, which is my manager, is also a woman, and it's just felt so healthy in that regard.
1: On that topic, I have a question for you, for the both of us, since we both have you know Mm -hmm. had different jobs now and different managers. Do you feel like on average, women support women specifically, you know, higher up senior women in your experiences? Do they support other women?
0: I. So it's interesting. Obviously, I'm not that high up. So I'm speaking a little bit from what I'm observing versus actually experiencing myself. Overall, I have felt like it's a yes. And I feel like that's weird for me to say because I know people tell me that it's a no. Like I went to a woman's conference for facebook overall and it's hosted just for the women in our company and they said that there's this common thing that women do which is like they pretend they act like there are not enough spots for all of us to get ahead and so in order to get ahead you have to like get ahead someone it's like a zero something yeah yes And I hear that in theory, but I got to be real, maybe I've just worked with such wonderful women. I haven't felt that way. I've felt like at Instagram, which is the first time I've really been surrounded by women, like women reportees, women managers, women everywhere. It hasn't felt that way to me.
1: Yeah. I guess let me ask you a question then and I'll share my experience. Um, I'll share my experience first and then turn it back to you because I was going to ask maybe it hasn't happened to you but maybe do you observe has it happened to your coworkers, your other female friends on my end since I worked in like traditionally not even necessarily more male dominated fields but just more conservative fields like investment yeah. banking or consulting I 100% have felt at times like women didn't support women like senior women specifically um, yeah and it's like kind of frustrating because if you think about the other diversity groups like whether it's lgbtq or Mm -hmm. hispanic or like even asian or like african-american it's like those diversity groups tend to look out for not necessarily look out but like try to assimilate and make other junior members of that group feel like welcomed. but i definitely feel like specifically being woman has actually been sometimes detrimental in the fields that i've been in i felt like women that were senior to me and you know it's not necessarily always women that are like at the director level it might be women that are four or five years above who are still like somewhat pure but not like exact here yeah. who are like more critical of you and yeah offer more criticism and definitely don't go out of their way to help you and It's like it goes back to the zero sum game. Like it's that stance of why do you feel like you need to put other people down to make yourself go ahead? And it's it's really unfortunate. Don't know exactly why. We can go into that, but right
0: yeah and i I wonder too if it's because of the specific culture that has been set up at instagram so like there was a mentoring program set up but it was specifically set up for you had to be a woman so you would get a female mentor as a female mentee and i also participated in the internal lean in circles that we had which was all women and so i feel like i've just gotten so much exposure whether or not it's considered quote unquote like artificial right like it was set up by the company to only be for women it's not like those women like decided to start this on their own, it kind of like created that culture that like we are here for each other. Uh, You know, Mark hates it when I tell this story, but I'm gonna tell you because Nicole, I I feel like you're gonna get it. I'd only been working at Instagram for about three months. And I know that they had such a emphasis on like really encouraging career paths for women in all the different fields. And we have this woman at Instagram program and so they decided they have a, a yearly dinner, but in all the different offices. So obviously I participated in the one here in the Bay area and we all went to one of the high level female director houses. Um, and we had dinner with Nancy Pelosi and I what? just was like, what? I've wait, when was I, this? It, That's awesome. I know it's uh, three months after I joined Facebook. Yeah. And I, I just feel like at that point, you know it was kind of cool because i had just joined so i didn't really have friends in the office yet i remember reaching out to this one random girl who i no longer talk to anymore and because i knew she was a woman i knew she worked at instagram and i just was like hey i know we met in orientation class do you plan on attending this dinner? Like, it sounds kind of cool, but I don't know anyone. And she yeah. was like, yes, 100%. So we rode the bus together, you know, we had this wonderful dinner with Nancy Pelosi that's, and like a hundred so cool. people. You never told me about this. America. Yeah. And you know, again, I'm not friends with this woman nowadays, but because we were both women, we knew that there's an event. It kind of like bonded to us, right? Yeah. We're just like, this is like a cool experience yeah. to get to, to chat with other people. And as dumb as it sounds, and like, the reason Mark laughs is because I love to bring it up as a party line, right, like that I I had dinner with Nancy Pelosi, but like, it really was an incredible fostering experience. And I I think that kind of goes to show that when you work at a company that actively encourages that type of thing at every single level, whether it's the the lean in circles, whether it's the dinners, whether it's the one on one mentoring programs something is working because at least from my perspective and I've had really yeah. crappy situations yeah. it seems so incredibly supportive and I think it's like one of the things that I would kind of point out yeah. as a reason to join yeah. my company I
1: that's first off that's amazing and awesome and I'm I want right, to it's pretty cool
0: right it's yeah like, go tell mark this is cool yeah,
1: yeah how was your day oh I just had dinner with Nancy Pelosi It's casual um but to be fair, I was going to add, I think you're right. I think maybe the underlying point there is that it's not necessarily the women themselves that self-select for these things who are more or less welcoming to people of their same gender, but it's maybe the situation and the framing. And, you know, especially in banking or these like financy types of environments. It's um, all cutthroat. It's cutthroat. It's the socialization of it. And I will admit for sure. I mean, I think every time that I went to a women's event at like these investment banks, I feel like my worldview was changed a little bit. So oftentimes maybe it's, it's that we need more active um, open-mindedness and more exposure to ideas that we're not used to, to start like to turn the switch off, right. Or on for, for like thinking that it's not a zero sum game. And I think pulling this back a little bit to the main idea of like, how has being a woman shaped or influenced the decisions that you made in your career? I'm now really interested in hearing, I guess, um, bringing it to present day a little bit. Um, Since your time at, you know, Facebook or Instagram, how do you think being a woman has shaped the way that you make decisions, whether past or future ones?
0: Yeah, well, I I have like a very specific example that came up um, last half at work, which was, I have been looking for more opportunities for like leadership and mentorship since I eventually want to become a manager. And I signed up to be a mentor now that I'm qualified to be a mentor um, for the data science, data scientists at Facebook. So it didn't have to be a specific yeah. gender. But I remember when I was filling out the form, they said like any special request, right? Like, do you want somebody who works in the same type of product as you? I wrote in this little comment box, I would prefer to have women mentees, even yeah. though this wasn't a woman mentoring program. Yeah. Because I thought the experience that is that I've had in the recent years have felt so incredible and to have to feel that amount of support. I was like, I have to be able to pass this on. And I I think especially now, again, this is like less about the career because it feels like I'm in a very stable and healthy point in yeah. my career where I'm like constantly looking for opportunities to change that system. So like people don't feel the way that I felt in that math class of like, why am I, why don't (laughs) I have any friends? Even think about it from the aspect of like, don't you sometimes want friends that you can study with for your classes? Yeah, That's kind of hard when you're one of two girls in a class, right? Yeah. And so, you know, whether it's trying to get involved with like girls who code, right? Or something to like change it at a much like earlier level, influencing people in like the college major that they make I feel like that's the biggest way that it's currently affecting like my decision making and the way that I carry myself like in my career
1: yeah what about you 100% no I mean I was gonna say like I think it does genuinely make a big impact because I think once you become cognizant of it you sometimes may not even realize how much impact that you cause like I feel like even just like my interactions with you as like I felt like a friend like I don't know. I just, I feel like this, like, this, this, like, I feel like we bond over this, where we align over this ideal of, like, we can do anything that a guy can do and that we're going to support each other and not, like, bring each other down. And I feel like right. even this podcast and the theme of sharing these ideas and going out into the world and then, be like, acting in a way that, like, fulfills this is, like, means a lot. Um, Yeah, and it is genuinely a not a zero sum game, right? Zero sum game implies that if you win, someone else has to lose. But it's not that; it's genuinely a win win situation. And some of the parts is like greater than like any individual win. Um, to your point, I guess like how does that impact me? Um, I definitely think like me personally, I'm not in a place in my career where I think I can offer as much like return as you are currently, which is amazing, Mm -hmm. by the way. Because I can't tell you how many times that intern version of me or the young version of me first job out of college would have appreciated someone like a few years older to have like stuck out a hand as an official or unofficial mentor. Um, But I think like, I think I do, I do kind of want to reshape similar to you the stance of what it means to be like a good worker or coworker because I think that model itself needs to be defined. It goes back to your your sentiments about presidency right it's like why is right. it that some of these traits are even looked at as a negative for example being right. empathetic I would like to just reshape that men should be the ones who change like their behavior <laughs> not us right like we accommodate so much and I think there's a lot of value add like you mentioned you've had managers that have hired more diverse teams because they're subconsciously aware of the fact that like that is a good thing and it helps you bring in more perspectives that should be the standard and it's it's people that hire the same people exactly as themselves that should be changing and not right. us trying to pivot and change to acclimate towards them
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely yeah you know it's crazy because we've been talking now for like 40ish minutes or whatever yeah. and kind of reflecting on this whole conversation we we brought it to present day but I almost forget all the smaller steps in the journey. Like I actually 100%. didn't even mention to you that my my company, Big Fish, before I was at Instagram, Yeah. while I was at the company, we founded a woman's group. So yeah. I was one of the founding members <laughs> of this woman's group. And we didn't even dive into that and the potential impacts it would have. And so I'm sure like we could do so many different episodes on like different aspects of the yeah. way that this has kind of like influence fair. our journey yeah, yeah. one thing yeah.
1: is jasmine didn't even mention too and i know personally like you've had a lot of hardships from the fact that you are woman at some of those companies right which like without going into detail at times are incredibly stress- stressful like things not due to your own fault but still out of your control and a big factor was your gender and we laugh it off now right like you laugh it off right like, it's great. i met nancy pelosi but i know that you've had your moments many years ago where you felt like you didn't know what to do And it's important to acknowledge that. And I think you're right. Like there's a lot that we can learn from it. And maybe, yeah, we'll see. Maybe subsequent episodes, we can do things more about tactical methodologies that we can employ. Um, Yeah. But yeah, (laughs) this has been a really, really rewarding episode to record with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that basically is going to wrap it up for today's podcast on archive well archive conversations I should say podcast episode about women at work damn that's like a mouthful of like what is the title <laughs> of the podcast versus the title of this specific episode no I uh, thank you so much everyone for tuning in this was a great experience for Nicole and I we're doing this for us <laughs> <laughs> and please tune in for future episodes to hear what we're going to talk about next yeah thanks bye, for everyone. listening guys
1: bye